Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football, whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or sometimes even IDP. We got you covered all year long. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get to it. Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast. And of course, I'm your host, John June. It is Tuesday, Wednesday. Can't get my day straight. Wednesday, December 1st, 2021. And I have my co-host here with me, Greg Penniman. He is feeling a little bit under the weather, but he's, he's you know, he's a champ, man. So he's here with us. Greg, how you feeling, brother, man? Doing all right, hanging in there. Um, yeah, definitely excited for tomorrow's game. Good to have uh, some of these stars back. CD, Cooper, hopefully. Um, yeah, and yo, again, we're just, just super close to December. It's closing time, pretty much. So uh, Christmas, fantasy championships, my birthday, it's all coming together. <laughs> it's all coming together. And, you know, we are – it's been a long year of preparation Long year of watching football, studying, setting these lineups, setting these waivers uh, to get to this point here where, you know, we we're hopefully, you know, fighting for uh, a fantasy playoff. Uh, Greg, luckily, you and I, we don't have to experience stress. I know. The last two years has been horrible, but we made it. (laughs) But we made it here in in our league of record, the League of Extraordinary People. You clinched last week, and I came in and followed followed your lead and, and clinched this week. So that's exciting for the both of us. There's a lot of madness going on in that league. Oh, yeah. That's that. <laughs> Always, like, three games separated from, like, two to, like, 12. It's crazy. The It's actually ridiculous because the 12th place team is four and eight. So has a chance. Still has a chance to make yep. it. They're not mathematically eliminated. So... This this league is wild, and I was happy. I was really happy to have clinched last week because I did not <laughs> want to have to deal with the madness. Yeah. Uh, but neither here nor there. We are here to help the rest of y'all clinch in the rest of your other leagues. And I know Greg and I, we have to clinch in some other leagues as well. Yes, sir. Uh, we have a league where there's, what is it, Greg, six teams with five teams with nine wins? Oh, yeah. We, yeah ten, ten and two we're at at first, and then after that, another five teams with nine wins. Like, we have that league where it's, like, so deep, and then the other league where it's just so – I've never seen that. I, in the history of fantasy, I've never seen such, like, record. It's, like, <laughs> it's crazy. It, it's absolutely crazy. Uh, so, you know, as we always do on this Wednesday evening for us, um, you know, we got to break down Thursday night football. Like Greg mentioned, we got a, a big Thursday night game. The Dallas Cowboys taking off the New Orleans Saints. But before we break down that game, got to get into those streams of the week. Also today, we will, you know, talk about some some guys uh, from a fantasy perspective. You know, how how are you feeling? What's the confidence level as you head into the fantasy playoffs? So that'll be a fun segment for us here today. But Greg. Lead us off with your quarterback stream of the week. Yeah, it seems like it's pretty much a layup here with uh, Taysom Hill being my quarterback stream of the week going against Dallas tomorrow night. He's only 28% roster. Like, he needs to be up way higher than that. Like, I don't understand. This man, four games last year, four QB1 weeks. Like, that's what he is. Uh, That's what he does. Um, That's what I expect from him tomorrow night. So, go get this man. Please play him. No matter how he gets it done, it doesn't matter. He's going to finish his QB1. 
I don't know what it is with us, man. Like, we've been literally picking the same people. Yeah, uh, we, it's it's. You should repeat it because it's injustice that his percentage is that low. Well, That's why. it's it's actually so. I can clearly tell that I did my research after you because when I went to go check, he was 29% roster. Okay, okay, okay. Somebody's listening. <laughs> okay. But, you know, but like, you know, I think Dallas, obviously, this game should be high scoring. Uh, he seems on track to get the start this week. Took some home, t- you know, some first team reps. You know, if I'm, if I want a floor play, you know, easy QB1, don't have to think about it. It's, it's obviously going to be Taysom Hill. But if I am trying to hit a home run uh, with my with you know a quarterback that I'm streaming this week, it, it would be Taylor Heineke. So just throwing that out there. Yeah. Uh, but the easy one is Taysom Hill for sure. Greg, tight end stream of the week, man. What do you got? Uh, I'm gonna go with depending on his health. Cole Komet, he did not play to uh, practice today with the groin injury, but he did have 11 targets last week. Um, that's another game where he's had over at least six targets. Uh, he's done that about four or five times this year. So he's definitely involved in this offense, uh, no matter who the quarterback is. And yeah, I just feel like if you are looking for a safe floor at a tight end to not give you a bust day, uh, Cole Komet is definitely out there. He's only 26% rostered going against Arizona. Yeah. I like Cole Komet this week. Um, you know, Arizona seemed to be a team that we, uh, we went, you know, we didn't really like to target against in the tight end position. Uh, they still have done well, but Cole Komet uh, has definitely seen some target volume, which makes it real nice. I actually like really like Cole Komet this week. Uh, my tight end stream of the week is actually going to be Jared Cook. Uh, he is 47% rostered. Jared Cook, please don't fail me this week. But he's seen at least five targets in each of his last two games to go along with one, one touchdown during that time. He's got a nice matchup this week against Cincinnati uh, in Cincinnati defense that over the la- their last three games, they've given up the third most fantasy points to the tight end position, giving up 18 PPR points per game to that position, uh, also allowing a touchdown to that position in each of the last two games. Uh, this game could be high scoring, and you know Cook should have some value this week. Yeah, definitely like that. He's one of my sleepers coming into your tight end position, so yeah, he should continue to like be solid. Greg, your defensive stream of the week, man. I'm pretty sure we have the same one here, too. I have Kansas City. I did see you picked him up in the League of Extraordinary People. But, uh, yeah, they're 38% rostered going against Denver. This, this team has six, one, two, three, six straight games with a pick. Two last week. Uh, I think, believe, at least five straight games with a sack. Uh, this team is rolling right now. It's defense. Chris Jones getting healthy, getting to the quarterback. Uh, Tyron Matthew Snead, the boys doing well. So, yeah, this is uh, Chiefs all the way. Yeah, you know what's funny is because I actually didn't want to pick the Chiefs here. Uh, I was actually trying to pick another defense in in Philadelphia, which I think uh, has value this not just this week, but you know the remainder of the playoffs if you really look at their schedule. Uh, Miami is another one that's kind of in a similar boat where uh, you know they have well they actually have a, a you know really good matchup mm-hmm. this week. They're on bye uh, next week, but then they have. Um, you know, pretty good schedule the rest of the way, and they've been playing really good defense. But both those defenses were not eligible for this uh, because they're both over 50% rostered. Uh, but Kansas City definitely is my pick. Uh, they were they met that threshold at that 38%, like you said. They've been a pretty solid defense as of late, too. Actually, over mm-hmm. the last two weeks, they've been the seventh-ranked uh, defensive special team unit. Uh, and I actually, you know, really like this move as a rest of season type of move too. I know I talked about, you know, um, 
Miami as well as Philadelphia. But if you're looking for a defense that just isn't going to tank you for your fantasy for this this next five weeks here and one that you won't have to switch in and switch out, uh, I think it's it's got to be Kansas City. They have a decent schedule ahead of them where you could conceivably just lock them into your lineup uh, up until championship week. They get Denver, Las Vegas, the Chargers, Pittsburgh, and then they get Cincinnati in, in championship week. So maybe that's that's probably where I pull back a little bit. But depending on how they're playing during that span, you might you might be willing to you know to 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 continue to roll them out there. So not fantastic matchups by any means, but this is a Kansas City defense like you were saying, Greg, has been playing much better, and they should provide a safe enough floor over these next few weeks while you know everything while you sort everything else out on your on your roster. Yeah, totally agree. Um, moving on to the matchup, man, we got the seven and four Dallas Cowboys traveling to New Orleans to take on the five and six New Orleans Saints. This game has a 47 point total. The Cowboys are five and a half point favorites uh, in terms of the injuries here. Well, this game is in a dome, so there's no weather concerns there. But in terms of injuries, uh, Dallas uh, wide receiver position, they, they, they're kind of in flux right now. Uh, Cedric Wilson. He's out with an ankle. Amari Cooper, he's questionable, uh, you know, have, after coming off the COVID list. He was activated from the COVID list to the active roster. He did travel with the team to New Orleans. Uh, there was some pessimism about whether he would play earlier in the week, uh, but it seems like now there seems to be more optimism that he could actually play. Uh, so definitely something to note. It's good that we watch that, you know, that is on the Thursday slate. So we get to make that decision nice and early and plan accordingly. Uh, make sure you keep Amari Cooper in your wide receiver slot, right? You're not in that flex position. Um, CD Lamb, he's <laughs> he's good to go after con- coming, up, coming off the concussion protocol. So that's definitely a nice boost for Dallas there. Uh, another boost for them is Demarcus Lawrence, their star defensive end. Will uh, according to Jerry Jones will play after coming off injured reserve with that foot injury that's kept him out. Jerry Jones, man, I know, yeah. Like, that's, 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 hey man, I paid you your money. You better get out there. That man has an injury like, status. He's like the pro sports edge for Dallas. Like that man gives you all the injury status for his own team. Pseudo coach right? out here. It's, it's crazy, <laughs> man. Um, but you know, Demarcus Lawrence, I think is going to give a nice boost to this Dallas. Uh, pass rush and they're, they're, you know they're, they could get Randy Gregory back whenever Jerry Jones says so. So I think that's going to be obviously this Dallas defense if they're someone that's available. I think that they've been playing some good football and they were playing some good football uh, even when these guys were healthy. So um, moving on to the New Orleans side though, in terms of the injuries, Alvin Kamara, that's the big question mark. Will he play? He sat out three games now uh, and he's questionable with this knee injury. The big the big question is will will he get to play that we don't know yet uh, but we do know Mark Ingram is he did practice after sitting out the third the uh, Thanksgiving Day game he's set to play this week uh, and then defensive end Marcus Davenport who recently came off the IR he's out this week uh, Greg where are you going with this matchup I'm gonna take the under I'm gonna take New Orleans to cover but I'm gonna take Dallas to win the game uh, on Dallas side. I do like Dak a lot in this matchup. Uh, he's borderline QB1 for me. Uh, Zeke, you know, seems to still to be practicing every day. Um, I still think he's the RB1 in this offense. You know, let's not get crazy about the Tony Pollard hype. Um, you know, I still think Zeke, uh, I haven't ranked as a high in RB2. Some RB1 upside, of course, if he gets those touchdowns. 
Pollard I have in the RB3 category. Uh, Lamb, great to see him back every week wide receiver one. Um, and Mark Cooper, yeah, he's been limited. Um, he seems like he has a chance to play. If he goes, I uh, have him as wide receiver two. Uh, with Gallup being bumped down to that third pass catching option in that wide receiver three flex range. Um, but if Cooper can't go, Gallup kind of gets bumped up to wide receiver two range. He was averaging over nine targets last two weeks without one or the other, Lamb or Cooper. Um, and Schultz, uh, if Cooper's back, it kind of bumps him down to that fourth option, which I don't like. Schultz, you know, goes back to that that tight end two range uh, with the only with the upside if Cooper's out. New Orleans side, we said it, Taysom Hill. You got to play him. He's uh, just pencil him in as a QB1. Mark Ingram seems to be good to go. Um, Kamara, if he's able to go, it looks like some this three-headed monster of just this running attack. Like, is, they should just be running it all day, like, between those three. Uh, but if not, Mark Ingram gets that bump as a, you know, a low-end RB, a high-end RB2. Uh, and yeah, it's really tough, though, for the pass catchers, especially with Taysom Hill now. Um, it's it's running the Saints. Like, this is going to be the, the, their style offense. Baltimore all over yeah, man, uh, I'm almost with you. I'm going to take the over here. I'm going to take New Orleans to cover. I'm going to take Dallas to win. Um, I, I, when I look at the Dallas side, Dak Prescott, fantastic matchup here. I think he's got t- top three upside. I mean, this New Orleans defense, I mean, if if you told me that the touchdowns were all going to be Dak's, like he's my QB1 this week. Yeah. The matchup, matchup is that good. Um, you know, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, they both return. I mean, potentially Amari Cooper, but uh, if they do play, both return to that upper echelon wide receiver two status with, like, major wide receiver one upside. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Gallup, a very nice wide receiver three play with, obviously, wide receiver two upside if 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 um, Amari Cooper sits. Uh, I know we expect the New Orleans rush defense to slow down the Dallas rushing attack and whatnot, but I still like both of these guys. Uh you know, I actually do like Pollard a lot this week, too. Um, I, you know, there, there's an opportunity here for him to make plays in the pass game. We do know that, the, you know, Jerry Jones might say one thing, but he's True. not on the call, calling the plays and the personnel packages and whatnot. Um, and, you know, this New Orleans front is tough to run against. And so maybe that makes, um, you know, Tony, maybe they utilize Tony Pollard a little bit more as a pass catcher, which might give them a, ni- a nice opportunity to, to, to rest Zeke, Ezekiel Elliott in a, in a, you know, organic manner. Um, I, I do like Schultz though, to continue to remain, you know, reliable tight end one option. Amari Cooper. I, I do think he probably will be limited. There was some talks that he was, you know, he, he was having some difficulty, like getting back in shape after the time off and, and mm-hmm. his bout with COVID, um, so, you know, is there's a possibility he could be like on a pitch count or something. So, uh, I think Schultz could definitely still be an option here as a, as a nice tight end one option. Um, on the New Orleans side, totally with you on everything. I mean, Taysom Hill under center for the Saints makes him an automatic QB one. If Alvin Kamara can go, that, that'd be huge for fantasy managers as we get closer to playoffs, but he's obviously, uh, you play him as as Alvin Kamara, the RB1, and let, until the, the Saints show you otherwise. I, I don't mm-hmm. think there's any way. You know, last year they could get away without going through Alvin Kamara with, when you have Michael Thomas, but you don't have Michael yeah. Thomas. Yeah. Like, there's you don't have Drew Brees. Like, you know, you have to go through Alvin Kamara. Like, this offense goes through Kamara. So, uh, I, I playing him as a top 
six, top seven running back until until proven otherwise. Um, Mark Ingram, that would put him in RB3 territory because I do think that he has a role here. Because <laughs> like you said, Greg, this becomes like, I mean, they might as well just go to like the, the wing <laughs> T at this point or something. Two running backs back in the backfield. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just just go go run with Georgia Tech runs. Yep. Like, with the triple option, wing T, all that stuff, man. Because I, I don't see how uh, how else they can generate offense. Uh, and for I'm totally with you on the pass game for redraft purposes. Completely staying away. I want nothing to do with it. But you know, we, we like a little risky here. So if I had to pick somebody. I think it would probably be, uh, and this is a little bit, a little uh, wild card here, little Jordan Humphrey. Okay. Uh, I think he provides an inside presence that we know that this this system likes to utilize. They did lose their tight end in Adam Strauman. They added him to injured reserve. Um, Nick Vanette and um, Jawan Johnson, they saw most of the tight end work, but they didn't, you know, only produced one target which was a touchdown Nick Vanette, but still just one target there. Uh, I, little Jordan Humphrey, though, we saw his snap percentage rise, uh, and it was the highest he had been since week two. So I think that there's an opportunity here for him to make some plays. He ran 94% of his routes from the slot, and four of his five targets in week 12 came from that area of the field. We know that Dallas has, you know, the way to – to get away from Trayvon Diggs is to go in the slot. Uh, we, you know, we saw Hunter Renfro, you know, rip them up from that, from that area of the field as well. But this is strictly a DFS recommendation. Word. Word. Um, got a bold prediction for us, Greg. Uh, I'm going to go with Zeke getting a hundred and a touch actually. Yeah. Touch, yeah. A, that is bold. Cause this yeah, that's real bold. That's real bold. I don't really have anything else. Yeah, it's, I like it. I like it. Yeah. Don't don't yeah, stick with it, bro. I like it. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm gonna go with uh, little Jordan Humphrey for seventy receiving yards. That's a good day. I like that. Yeah. All right. Um. So with that being said, we are not wrapping the show up, but we will move on to this next segment. Um. And it's gonna be. Just going to ask you about the confidence level, Greg. We'll kind of go through it. We'll bounce these guys back and forth. Um, and we're going to rate them on a, you know, we'll go one to five. I feel like 10 might be too large. Yeah. We'll scale we don't want five. Five. Um, five being the utmost confidence and one being no confidence at all. Um, I'm going to start with a guy that we just talked about playing in this game, Alvin Kamara. Right. We, Understand that he's obviously dealing with this knee injury that's kept him out for quite some time now. We don't even have confirmation of whether he'll play in the game this week. Uh, and then on top of that, we know that Taysom Hill is coming into the offense, uh, and what that you know what that already sends signals into fantasy managers' minds. What are your what's your confidence level with Alvin Kamara? I'm gonna go with a four, just because he's he's fourth in PPR points per game. Um, I know there was a concern that, you know, with Taysom Hill, his upside kind of gets a little capped. But you mentioned there's no Michael Thomas. Like, they they really can't do anything uh, without uh, them using Alvin Kamar. Um, so I'm going to go with a – I want to go like a 3.5, but I'm going to go with a 4. And as long as he's healthy, I mean, that's that's the key. 
that's the that's really where the confidence comes in. Yeah, and so I'm I'm with you on this on the assessment. I'm I'm at a four. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm like dying over here. Uh, <laughs> I'm at a four. I don't think that they can. Um, like I said before, I don't think that this offense can generate offense without yeah. somehow yeah. going through Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Um. Now his health—that's the question. But as long as he's healthy and he's active, he's in your lineup. Mm-hmm. You're not you're you're not going to trade him. You weren't trying to trade him when he was injured. Uh, so you know you're you're just going to continue to roll him out there. Um, I I think that they've held him out enough to where the knee is probably not an issue, right? Like we never got official word like what he's dealing with, right? right. Like, so. And the fact that he's been out this long, maybe it's like some ligament sprain or whatever. So, you know, there's a possibility that he's potentially fully healed from whatever it was that he's dealing with. Yeah, that that would be awesome for us down the stretch. Definitely have him as an RB1 still. So. Definitely. Uh, and let's stick with the running back position. And we're going to talk about a guy that actually just had a, a breakout game last week, this past weekend. Um Elijah Mitchell, right? Like, what is your confidence level with Elijah Mitchell as we head into the fantasy playoffs? Uh, for Elijah, I'm going to go with a three. Um, he's averaging 14.8 PPR points per game. Uh, it's a pretty decent number. I think he's kind of not mid-range RB2 with some RB1 weeks, uh, depending on how San Francisco moves the ball. It's also, it's a matter of just him being a 49ers running back. It's just always concerning and scary that something could always happen, either injury or Kyle Shannon deciding to use another running back. Um, but it seems like he's been consistent with giving Mitchell the bulk of the carries this year. So I'm going to go, yeah, I, I'm going to bump it up to like a 3.5. He's an RB2 for me, though, for sure, rest of the season. Yeah, so I like, and Greg, you have a, a a little bit of a background on this. I recently traded Elijah Mitchell away in the League of Extraordinary People. So when you say this, when I say what the, what I, my confidence level is, you might think, I you might know how I'm feeling right now. My confidence level with Elijah Mitchell is a five. Wow. Like, I'm a five with Elijah Mitchell, right? Like, just looking at the usage that he's gotten yeah. throughout the year, I mean – 19 carries, 17 carries. He's only got two games with single-digit carries, mm-hmm. and one of those was with Trey Lance, which, if you know, if you remember and listeners remember, that was my only issue with Elijah Mitchell. I said it a couple weeks ago or a few weeks back. That my only fear about Elijah Mitchell was Trey Lance. Yeah, and it looks like he doesn't. Stay. He's not going to start. This and year. I don't think he's playing anytime soon. Yeah. Right. And so Elijah Mitchell is the workhorse. Jeff Wilson hasn't showed anything. Trey Sermon didn't show anything when he was healthy, and he just ended up on injured reserve. Like, Jermichael Hasty, we know what his role is. I yo, think he's Elijah... He's not even the best running back on the team, yo. My <laughs> <laughs> man Debo, baby. <laughs> oh, Debo Samuel. <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing, right, is that, like, Debo Samuel takes away, like, the, the aura of Elijah Mitchell. But in today's game, if you can get a running back that's getting... 18 yeah. carries yeah, a game, yeah. the way Elijah Mitchell is, you want that. Elijah Mitchell on the season, if you take his his, if you take the eight games that he's played out to a 16 game pace, 
He's on pace for almost 1,400 carries or 1,400 yards, eight rushing touchdowns, 28 receptions, and 216 receiving yards. That's a great year. That's a great year. Yeah. And this is a rookie running back. This is the Shanahan system. Like we, like we know what that means. And then I didn't even get to the best part. Like this dude has one of the best running back schedules that you could have in in fantasy football. I mean, he kicks it off with Seattle this week, which you know we just That's saw funny. what we just saw what uh uh. Antonio Gibson just did to them and you know the scene that they've been all year. Yeah, and, and, and JD McKissick did well. Yeah. JD McKissick did well as well. Then he gets Cincinnati, uh, which is another good matchup. Atlanta, Tennessee, uh, and then championship week he gets Houston. Mm-hmm. Like cake. cake. So my conf- my confidence level with Elijah Mitchell is a bona fide five. Nice. Yeah, I'm I'll, I'll put it up to four with those arguments. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, let's, uh, let's go to another guy, uh, started the year hot has, you know, it's been slowed down a little bit, dealing with some injuries and and now some competition, um, Damien Harris, and you are a Damien Harris manager in the league of Australian people, our league of records. So you can speak to it, Greg, more than most, but what is your confidence level with in Damon Harris as we head closer into the fantasy playoffs. So I do like he's on a really good team. Um but the fact that they are kind of you know pretty uh set on using Ramondre Stevenson as well. Um I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with a three um just because his upside is capped uh to give him that like four or five category. Um I still think he's a you know low in RB two uh, for the rest of the season, um, if he gets that that touch, like they literally him and Ramadre over the last two weeks have been uh, around the same amount of carries, yards. Damian Harris got the touchdown last week, so that's what you're kind of hoping that he gets every week over Stevenson. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go with a three. My confidence and my confidence level with I want to say interval so bad. My confidence level in um, in Damian Harris is I'm gonna say it's a two. I want to go one. I'll go one and a half. Let's go with that. <laughs> um, and I say this because let's talk about Damian Harris without Ramondre Stevenson, right? Like oh, Damian yeah, Harris, money. When, you, when you came into the year, he was money. Yeah. But it was always like, well, you know what he is. He's not getting the receptions. He's uh, RB2 with RB1 upside. He needs a touchdown to get there. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking about he needs a touchdown to be an RB2. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, he, he, he was he, – it's not like he's going to get the receptions now. And now he's splitting, a, he's splitting work with a back who – I mean, I'm just going to say it. I think Ramon J. Stevenson is the better – is the he just looks like the better player, looks like he has more juice, is better in the pass game. So I just – you know – He's not the best player, and he's in a dead split competition, mm-hmm. and it's really going to come down to that touchdown split, and that's fine. But you know, he he's really like an RB three now. Right. Yeah. Well, I think he's been. If you could check like his red zone carries, but he's usually getting the goal line carries over Madre, so that kind of does help his case. Yeah, and that definitely helps the case. Like you said, the Patriots are a good team. Yeah. Um, 
and you know that they're, you know, if they can get up on teams, they will, uh, and they're going to spread the touchdowns around, whether it's passing or rushing. Um, but if he's getting those goal line carries, that's obviously that's that's definitely the uh, the tiebreaker there. Um, are you getting that now or? Uh, trying to. Well, we can move on. All right. Um, let's go to let's go let's switch positions, man. Let's go to a tight end. Um, I'm gonna start with T.J. Hawkinson, man. This is a guy that came out the gates hot, two 20 point games in PPR leagues, um, but has been basically flatlined after that. Um, you know, he's he's like we talked about it off air, Greg. He is the tight end six in PPR scoring. And that kind of feels right because he's not going to give you the the advantages over the Kelseys or the Kittles or the Mark Andrews and the Darren Wallers of the world. Uh, but he will fend off the streaming tight ends uh, that don't finish in that top 12. Uh, but he, you know, most times that it most more times than not, he's really finishing outside that top that top eight range of the tight end position. So. What are you, what's your confidence level with in uh, TJ Hawkinson going forward? Because he's tight end, I'm going to go with a five because I think just him doing that is, you know, I'll take it for a tight end position. I mean, he's not giving you uh, every week, the weekly, like, top three upside that you could have maybe he's getting earlier in the season, but he's not going to kill you, and that's uh, definitely uh, a nice, you know, nice thing to have uh and as far as receivers it's still like with swift being out as well for the next couple of weeks like they're really gonna have to throw it to tj hawk i see maybe a target bump coming soon actually yeah that's true we could get a target bump from him um i'm gonna go with a three uh just because like i'm not overly excited about it the schedule like we talked about it off air as well yeah schedule stuff it's- it's one of the tougher uh, tight end schedules. Um, you know, Jared Goff is not, that's like not, there's nothing exciting about being attached to Jared Goff. No. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just tough, man. It really is. Like if I have another, like it's to the point where if I have a better option on my bench, like I will bench TJ Hawkinson for him. Like, like I told you, like I was able to grab Logan Thomas in one of my leagues where I do have Hawkinson and just looking at Thomas's schedule, like his, his playoff schedule is fantastic. And so yeah. I've already made the decision. I'm rest of season. I'm starting Logan Thomas over TJ Hawkinson. And, you know, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but you know, I don't see either one being a, you know, a more ultra dominant player than another. I'm just going to play the matchups. Yeah. Uh, Damon Harris is RB 10 in red zone carries with 33. So, what about can we get game is the last game. two games? The last mm. two. Oh, the level the last two games. Uh, he's gotten four, and then he didn't play the previous week. So, uh, week nine he played, and he had three. Okay. Yeah, he gets around three or four game. He did have uh, eight red zone target game, but red zone carry game. That is that is a fair fair argument for Damian Harris. I guess I'll I'll bump him up to, from the one and a half. I had him at to the two. <laughs> um, 
All right, what about Kyle Pitts, man? Let's talk about Kyle Pitts. Uh, I, I mean, he's currently – let me check this. PPR points per game. Kyle Pitts is the tight end nine, averaging 10.6 PPR points per game. What's your, Where's your confidence level with, in Kyle Pitts? I'm going to go with a uh, – yeah, it's, it's tough. I'm, I want to say four, maybe three and a half. I think I'm going to go four. I just, his target share is just very safe. Like he, He's only got one game. Uh, with three targets this whole season, under five targets the entire season, he's got one game. Um, and he's just been using some matter. He's he's handcuffed by his offense. Uh, like if the offense is gonna play with Matt Ryan, pretty much, um, they're gonna get catchable passes and all that type of stuff. So, uh, Tampa, Carolina, and then San Fran. Um, decent schedule, not too great, not too bad. Um, I'm gonna go with the four. Yeah, I. I I don't know, man. It's tough with Kyle Pitts because I feel like the lack of confidence has been the recent weeks. But if you look at the recent weeks, man, they've all been like tough matchups per se. Yeah. Um, and the New England matchup, like we obviously we knew what that one was going to be. Yeah. Jacksonville, like people thought that it was a good matchup, but Jacksonville has actually been pretty good against tight ends, especially in recent weeks. Uh, so when I look at this matchup coming up against Tampa Bay, like I'm super excited about that matchup because, you know, we just saw Jack Doyle get eight catches over, you know, on Tampa Bay on nine targets, right? Like Kyle Pitts can, he's like eight times the player that Jack Doyle is at this point in his career. So, you know, I'm, I love that. And then obviously there's the upside of Kyle Pitts and he, do you even really call him a tight end because of how much he plays out wide and then, you know, the fact that I think he's due for some serious touchdown regression. He has to be. He only has one on the year. It's crazy. Only has one on the year. This is a guy that has, you know, uh, 661 receiving yards. So, and the fact that Kyle Pitts can literally get 130 yards in a game, like 150 yards in a game, right? Like, what tight ends can do that? Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, George Kittle, like, Mark, yeah. you know, Mark isn't going to do that but those guys right like yeah so I, I want that opportunity I want that upside especially as a rookie you know he's a guy that he can get better at you know he can you know get so much better with the little year that we have left yeah um all right let's let's move on to uh let's we'll talk let's talk about a passing game and we'll go you know a passing offense and we'll go you know bit <clears> by bit here but the first guy I'm going to ask you about is the guy I think has frustrated a lot of folks over these last few weeks. DK Metcalf, man. Um, what do we what's our confidence level here with DK Metcalf uh, as you know, he as we enter this this playoff stretch here? Yeah, it's, it's scary. I think he's like at a two point five uh, three just because he's DK. But I'm going to keep him there. I, this offense is just not clicking. I don't see. It getting any better because that Pete Carroll and Pete Carroll is probably the most stubborn coach in ever in the NFL. Like this man, they don't run a lot of plays. They, they, the I think the stats on the last game against Washington was ridiculous about how many time of possession they had, plays they had. They just they're stuck in 1980. It's crazy. Like I don't understand. Um, so I don't see them doing anything to change that because Pete Carroll just would keep saying we'll figure it out and do the same thing until. <laughs> He's basically insanity. 
Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty wild with, <clears throat> with Pete Carroll and and that offense there. I think I'm gonna. Oh man, I feel like I like you said. D, the fact that it's DK makes you yeah, want to yeah. say like, oh, it'll turn around. But I'm nervous because there's nothing that makes me think Pete Carroll no. is gonna change. Like like they just. They got clapped by Washington. Clapped. His response to that is first he says Russell Wilson has to Russell Wilson and the rest of the offense have to play better. And then he said and then his next thing to do. You know what his problem is? <laughs> no, it it's is like, <laughs> his problem is oh, our run game is not good enough. Let's sign Adrian Peterson. Right. Yep. Right? Like that's Come on, Pete. They're they're last in place per game over the year, and they're even last in over the last three weeks, even lower than their season average. Like they are so like it's just so pathetic. Like I don't understand. They have Russell Wilson. Like so, so we have obviously Greg, you you know this, but we have a, a little sheet here with all the games, and we talk about, uh, you know, we have the the EPA, um, over these last few weeks and it's the early down EPA. Cause we like to get that first and second down, see what teams are really doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, try to take that game. straight <laughs> out of it. And one of the things that's really throwing me off is these over the last couple weeks, I'm doing this thing and I'm on first and second down. I'm no, I'm seeing Seattle's the number one passed offense on first and second down. And I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. That don't make no sense. And then I'm thinking to myself, well, maybe it's because they don't throw it enough on first and second down. <laughs> and the times that they have thrown it on first and second down, they've actually been good. And if and I actually was like, if I look at their third down EPA, it's probably terrible. And sure enough, I was right. They were like mm-hmm. 30th and third down drop back EPA. Because they're they run running. Yeah. They're running the ball on first and second down, and they're just ending up in third and longs. And they're not even realizing that, hey, when mm. we throw it on first and second down, we're really good. Yeah, it, it, it kind of looks like the Giants, how they do as well. Like, But this is just But this is Russell. Worse. You have Russell Wilson. You have Wilson. Russell Wilson, right. You have Russell <laughs> right? Wilson. Like, the Giants, like, okay, they drafted a running back number two overall. Like, they're probably going to run the ball, right? Like, <laughs> you have Russell Wilson, like, yeah. arguably a top – three top five quarterback playing in the NFL today and you and your offense is to run the ball repeatedly. So not even Chris Carson. Like it's, I can understand Chris Carson's a a good player. Like you don't even have him. You think they adjust a little bit. No, they they don't. They don't. They're not. And so I don't think I gave a a thing on DK Metcalf. I'm I'm just going to say it's a two because I'm just, I, I'm, I am so happy. I don't have, any DK Metcalf word right or any Seattle player really. <laughs> I have Tyler Lockett, which he's been actually he's been okay. Um, True, but I mean he he's got almost he's got over ninety yards sure. in his last like three three four games has one hundred and fifteen and two of them. That's true. So he's been he's been fine, but I'm just really happy that I don't have any DK Metcalf right now. Uh, the targets aren't even. I mean again, like you said, there's no opportunities. The pass plays aren't there. They're not running plays. I mean, they threw out the graphic on Monday Night Football. It was punt, 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 punt. They had like 10 straight three and outs. Brutal. So, 
What is your confidence level in Russell Wilson? <laughs> oh, it's this, it's the same same logic. I mean, that's around a 2.53 as well because he's Russ. But, yeah, it's the same logic. He's tied. DK's tied to Russell. So if I'm giving uh, DK a low rating, I don't think Russell's going to have explosive games. Like, I don't, I don't see him getting maybe one QB one week for the rest of the season. But I don't think he's a QB one the rest of the season. Yeah, man, my confidence level in Russ is a one. Like for me, Russ is it's it's Russ has always been one of those guys for me, and you you know it, Greg. Like he's got to be he's Russ has made his money in fantasy being uberly efficient, mm-hmm. being like just more efficient than everybody else. Yep. And that's a that's a that's a nice game to play at quarterback, but it's it could also be yeah. a dangerous game. When you're attached to Pete Carroll, (laughs) there's going to be no volume attached to that efficiency. And so because of that, I've always been off of Russell Wilson. And because of that, I will be completely off of Russell Wilson. Like if he is not – if we're not seeing the efficiency and we're not even seeing enough volume to even get close to some semblance of production, I've got to be out here. So – I'm yeah. going to be a, a one on Russell Wilson, uh, which likely means go scoop him up off waivers because he'll be a league winner. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. He's not. He's not. I mean, quarterback, every quarterback I go out on, it's just like, oh, well. They couldn't get it done against Washington, though. Like, that's that's a very alarming. Like, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I think that's it. We don't have any other quarterbacks, nothing like that. So this was a fun game, I definitely would say. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, with that being said, thank you for kicking it with us here on this lovely Wednesday <clears> evening. <throat> Make sure to keep those Thursday night players out of your flex, please. And make sure you like, subscribe to the show, whether you're watching on whether you're watching on YouTube or you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, however you may be listening. Just know <clears throat> we appreciate we appreciate you rocking with us this season and. Again, just keep keep it locked in. Got to get to those chips. Got to get to the to that playoff positioning. Got to got to get all this stuff done. So, have a good one, everybody. We are out of here. Peace. Yeah.